what? You have a podcast? Can we just take a second and fully abbreviate this moment together? Don't spare me on Thanksgiving. The speaker has reportedly given the Freedom Caucus, that ultra-conservative faction, uh, a third of the seats on the powerful rules committee, which controls which bills make it to the floor. You've called Matt Gates, one of its members, a political D-lister and a fraud. You've sparred with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, how are you going to work with these folks to, to get anything done for the American people? It's going to be very difficult. Matt Gates is a fraud. Every time he voted against Kevin McCarthy last week, he sent out a fundraising email. Uh, what you saw last week was a constitutional process diminished by those kinds of political actions. Good morning and welcome to another episode of Recovery from Politics Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Frame, and today is Monday, January 9th, 2023. And, you know, I hate the 17-week schedule in the NFL, and I hate the seventh seed on both sides. I really don't think they have any business being there. And sure, my Seattle Seahawks have no business being there at all, but there is something to say for having your your town represented in the playoffs uh, where anything can happen. I don't have high hopes. I think them getting there is great enough. Um, historically, uh, facing off for a third time against a team you've already lost to twice in the same season in the postseason uh, has not worked out. Um, usually, uh, I have to say at least nine out of ten times, the team that lost the two times before ends up losing again, uh, especially in these uh, the, the, the way the NFL schedules things right now is they'll try to, you know, they front load the first half of the season with uh, the first uh, in-division games, and then they, you know, load up the back half with more division games. That's why most of the games yesterday were all inside their own division and conference. So you had Green Bay versus Detroit. Thank you, Lions. And you had Seattle versus the Rams. Um... And, and really, I think the the really downside is that the Seattle game should have been uh, a lot bigger of a blowout, but Geno Smith really threw some bad picks. Uh, if not for that, I think, I think we were rolling, really. I think if we can play mistake-free football, if we don't give up the ball that way, I think we have a shot. I really do. Um, that That's usually Pete Carroll, you know, keep the... Is if we can keep the score low and we can keep the mistakes to a minimum, uh, we have a shot at the end. And really, isn't that what you want? You just don't want to go into the playoffs and be embarrassed, which has a high likelihood of happening, especially wild card weekend. Usually you've got one or two teams that make it in that have absolutely no business being there. And just through luck of the draft or luck of the draw, however you want to put it, uh, they, they get blown out. And that could easily happen. I mean, it it's, it's really... It, it just sucks. It's not unfair because, I mean, we all agreed on these rules going into the season, so you can't claim unfairness. Like, this was totally fair. Um, you know, if you get a higher seed, you get to face the lowest seed, and that means that the 49ers don't get a bye week, which I'm against. I think they should go back to the old format. Uh, however, they get to face off a third time against a divisional opponent. Um, and, yeah, even though the odds suggest that we're about to lose the fact that we're divisional opponents means that both teams know each other so well i mean i've always said it's like it doesn't matter if it's the you know if your team's undefeated and they're going against the one in 15 you know las vegas raiders or whatever there's always a chance if it's a divisional game those games are always fought tooth and nail especially if you have a team 
that has played against you every year and you have a coaching staff that also has schemed against you, you know, so they get, they get the benefit of uh, trial and error, you know, they can go back and be like, well, this didn't work last time and this worked this time. They don't have to just come up with something out of nowhere or try to copy what somebody else has done. They have a, a bank of knowledge that they can go back to, which, uh, which does make divisional games interesting. I think divisional games are much more interesting. It just, you know, this year sucked. But, hey, we've got a winning record, and there's that. And only one team made it in with a losing record, and they won their division. So, yay them. And I'm actually rooting for them, because I'd rather see Tom Brady win than uh, the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I want the Cowboys bounced hard. I'm sorry. And it has nothing... Well, yeah, okay, I hate their owner. Uh, I do think he's a racist POS. Um... But, but really, it's their fans. Um, and, and not even, like, the regular everyday fans, because I really don't think there's a difference between the, the fandoms. Like, I think Seattle fans and Dallas fans are actually the exact same. I think the problem is the press, the media, right? So the media focuses on, like, two or three particular groups. In this case, you got Dallas. You have uh, any New York team, really. They, they love New York. Um, and, and then whoever's hot at the moment, uh, whoever's got the really shiny quarterback, um, in, in this case, this year, lately, it's, uh, it's either the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow, or it's, uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes with Kansas City Chiefs, or in some cases it's wherever Tom Brady's playing, you know, cause he's, he's the greatest of all time. And I'm just like, ah, whatever. He's been lucky. Um, so so yeah, that's that's where I am right now on football, and yeah, it, this is not a football podcast, but it is my sport. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get to it, so I played for you first thing, uh, Nancy Mace. Uh, first off, breaking news, Kevin McCarthy finally sealed the deal uh, late Friday night um, on the two-year anniversary of January 6th. Actually, I don't think he was sworn in or the vote didn't finish until the 7th over on East Coast time. Um, but, but I had a, a slight problem with that because it, it is noted Kevin McCarthy, the entire day of the two year anniversary of his house being stormed, uh, by rioters. Um, he didn't mention it once, like, like not even once at all. To be fair, uh, no press questioned him on that. Nobody challenged him on it. And I also find that to be a failing. You know, you can't always... I mean, I'm going to give Kevin McCarthy just, just the tiniest, tiniest bit of slack on this one, okay? He just got elected speaker, and it took him like four days to do it, and it was really hard for him, okay? I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. He had to give up a lot and swallow a lot, and uh, he got mad and yelled at people on the floor. It was hilarious. Uh, but, but okay, it was a very emotional time for him. I'm going to give him a pass. Like, dude only got to speak in front of the cameras once the whole day, and obviously he's the new speaker and he's got all these plans that he wants to implement and I don't think any of them are going to get done, but whatever. And, uh, you know, okay, fine. So in the two minutes he got in front of a microphone, he didn't say anything about it. I'm going to cut him a little slack. He was busy. Okay. That's it. That's all I'm saying is that he was busy. Is it a complete you know, giving him benefit of the doubt. No, I'm pretty sure he knew what fucking day it was and the significance of it. So, you know, he doesn't get a full pass, but I'm going to, I'm going to give him a little bit. I'm going to be like, you know, I can, I can kind of understand he had big things going on that day. I mean, for fuck's sake, right? It's come on <laughs> on the same token. It's like, dude, you were literally in the building. This shit happened. And it was only two years ago. And by the way, you were there. We have, proof that you were there for it like it's a pretty big deal um so I, whatever that's my mea culpa with him but it, it's interesting so i played nancy mace because he, here's the issue she's got to work now and and she claims she's a centrist and i don't believe that really exists i think they talk a good deal i don't really think they deliver when they say they have centrist voters who care i think they just talk to them i don't think they're actually for it because they have no principle. Again, if, if you if you say you're a centrist but keep voting for extremist positions and your argument is, well, they never bring centrist issues to the floor, so how do I prove my centrist bona fides if I never get the opportunity to do it, then I'm going to call bullshit, right? Like at some point you've got to say, hey, extremists, 
go fuck yourselves. I'm here to do centrist shit for my centrist voters. And if you're not going to bring anything to the floor, like where's her leverage, right? Why wasn't she one of the group of 21 uh, nominating anybody the fuck else and telling Kevin McCarthy, look, asshole, vote, put some centrist bills on the floor or I'm going to go to the, I'm going to take my show on the road. You know, seriously, it only takes six of us to go get the Democrat elected, you know, but I didn't see them wielding their power at all. So I don't buy this centrist pivot that the Republicans think they're going to do. I do believe they have teeth. I'm not saying they're, they're toothless. Um, for example, McCarthy had to sell his soul even more. If, I mean, if you had, if you could only sell portions of your soul over time, like he's maybe got like 1% of his original soul left. Uh, I don't think he's got anything more to sell and it's, it's going to be pretty in, you know, interesting i think the dynamics going into friday were that everybody just wanted it fucking done at least on the republican side i think the democrats were here for it and they were like we would love for this to be the next two years uh but i think the republicans were clearly fucking done that was evidenced by the almost fight that happened on the floor uh you really should go go find that uh it's hilarious um and apparently also can we maybe have a rule that uh maybe the house doesn't fucking drink I, I find it hilarious that at one point, one of the speakers who was nominating Kevin McCarthy, she actually got, gets up in the uh, good old Southern twang language and, and, you know, attacks the Democratic caucus saying that they're over there with their popcorn and their alcohol and, and basically saying that they're all drunks. Yet on Friday night, uh, with the penultimate vote, when McCarthy thought he had it locked up and McCarthy was just like giving the double bird to everybody... You know, there was almost a fight, a literal fist fight on the floor because one guy had been drinking too fucking much and it was a Republican. So once again, as always, whenever the Republicans accuse the Democrats of doing something, it's because they're doing it and they're just projecting. They just, they, they can't like think outside their own heads. It's this, this real problem between like uh, that mindset sometimes of the right versus the left, like it's that whole nature versus nurture thing. You know, Republicans uh, t today, I I'm not speaking for all time, but they today seem to think, you know, that, that if it doesn't happen to them, it's not important. Like we've always heard, I mean, it's always the most anti-pedophilia individual that ends up getting caught with all the pedophilia in his computer. Like, I mean, we, we always hear that. And it's it's always, uh, you know, the conservatives uh, who are for gay marriage or something are like, well, you know, I didn't think about it until my daughter came out. And, and then it was suddenly a big issue to me. You know, they're, they're incapable of thinking beyond their own little bubble. Whereas liberals are almost the exact opposite to a fault, right? They're always thinking of other people to the detriment of themselves uh sometimes it's 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 crazy that that backwards dynamic going on between how the two sides think but once again the evidence was clear as soon as the democrats were accused of something it turns out the republicans were the ones actually doing it surprise i know um maybe maybe the safe bet here if you're a republican just just don't accuse anybody of anything how about how about we just knock off the accusations hmm maybe it might work. Who knows? Um, but anyway, McCarthy had to sell his soul this weekend a lot. And he had to give up a lot. And the whole reason that fight almost happened was because apparently uh, the guy who was drinking too much is supposed to be the chair of the Armed Services Committee. And one of the promises to get Matt Gates on board was to give him the chairmanship right now Matt Gates is a relatively newcomer to Congress he's only been around since Trump uh, whereas this other guy apparently has been around for a while uh, so as far as seniority it was his and he was drunk and angry that he was about to lose his chairmanship of a committee uh, to this asshole and make no mistake Matt Gates is an asshole I was rooting for him to succeed but merely because I love the chaos on the on the right um, but, but he is an ass. He, he is a credibly accused sex trafficker of minors, right? Like, I'm not making this up. He's, he is credibly accused. And it's only because our Department of Justice has a problem with people who are in elected office and prosecuting them, which I'm like, why? 
this, no, we should definitely be attacking and going after corrupt politicians. Like, especially them. Like, for me, it's like, no, really, yes, we should be throwing the, not only should we be prosecuting them, we should accept no plea deals, take them to trial, and throw the fucking book at them at every opportunity. And I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. I think political people, politicians, should be held to the highest of high standards. It should be very clear and very well known. I mean, let's be honest. Donald Trump got into politics, and one of the reasons he's kind of running right now is because he thinks there's some uh, shield of protection around him from prosecution because he's a candidate for president, and he used to be president, and they don't prosecute those types of people. And he's not wrong. Like, you can't tell me that even he and his lizard brain, if... Presidents were getting indicted left and right if governors and senators were being put in handcuffs all over the place for their corruption. If if it was true, if our DOJ was really going after politicians, like, hey, we weren't going to go after you, but you decided to send up a signal flare letting everyone know how important and awesome you are, so we're going to take a magnifying glass and shine it up your ass. You can't tell me somebody like him would have been like, you know... I don't need to be president. I kind of like breaking the law and not going to prison. But unfortunately, we live in a world where the opposite is true. And and the thing that really bugs me, hypothetically, hypothetically, you've got somebody, not Elon Musk, because he's the easy one. Also, he's not an American citizen. But say you've got an American citizen who happens to be a CEO billionaire. And he is credibly accused of some real, you know, egregious shit. What is it to a billionaire... If you've got multiple billions, it's like, hey, you can either spend five years in jail or spend one billion of your dollars far running for president. I'd say that's a fair deal if I'm a billionaire and I'll guarantee you others are probably looking at it now. They're probably looking at Trump going, you know, it got dicey at the end, but he never, he, he was never in handcuffs. He never had to testify under oath for this shit. He got away scot-free. Fuck, the guy tried to coup, and he's walking free. This isn't Brazil. Speaking of which, if you haven't heard of Brazil, you really want to look at it. So yesterday, two years and a couple days after our own January 6th, they decided to try their own. So Bolsonaro was subsequently defeated in his election bid. I believe the replacement's name is Luna, and he is now in power. And a bunch of right-wing radicals, very, very similar to ours, uh, and whipped up by Steve Bannon. Stephen Miller and Steve Bannon both work down in Brazil physically and have sent their message there very clearly that the way to maintain power, if you're on the right, is to storm the Capitol. And they did. They stormed the presidential palace, the their version of the Supreme Court, and their Capitol. Guess what, though? The big difference between Brazil and the United States? They're all arrested. Like, they arrested every single one of them. It was hilarious. So, the plan was, we're all going to storm the Capitol until the military has to intervene. Because, and, and this is key, in modern day coups, revolutions, whatever, you can't do shit without the military. The modern militaries of any nation are way too powerful. Uh, they, will, they will squash any kind of rebellion. I, I really maintain, unless the military fractures, there's going to be no such thing as a civil war in the United States. It's just not going to happen. You'll have an uprising, sure. You'll have some group of assholes somewhere take up arms and hunker down. And then the military is going to come in, murder them all, and that's going to be the end of the rebellion. That's that's just it. But in modern day rebellions, your hope is let's foment enough chaos that the military feels compelled to step in. And once they're in, the plan yesterday was we hope the military will come in and side with Bolsonaro and reinstate him as our president because Bolsonaro was very popular amongst the military. It, it wasn't inconceivable. It wasn't a completely stupid plan. Uh, I think it would have worked up here in the United States if that was their plan. If their plan wasn't to hang Mike Pence, but rather we're going to stay here until the military feels compelled to, to stay here and you know arrest the Democrats and all that. Uh, that might have worked uh, from, from the rioters' perspective, uh, but that wasn't their plan. <clears throat> In this case, uh, a bunch of Brazilians, they went into their capital, they tried. There's footage of them actually cheering. They think when the military shows up, guns and everything, with these huge buses, huge prison buses coming in behind them, they were cheering 
for the military like yay they're here because they thought their plan had worked they thought the military was there to establish order and reinstate bolsonaro and his government and the prison buses were there to arrest the evil luna and his people and the exact opposite was true the military was actually like no we don't care who's in charge we serve the president and arrested all of them and all those prison buses were filled with all the rioters every single one of them was just rounded up arrested on the same day and are currently all in prison right now which makes me think holy shit like brazil knows how to deal with rioters a hell of a lot better than us who'd have thunk it you know two years ago i would have thought anybody who storms the capital trying to like cause a coup is gonna get shot yeah not so much only one ashley babbitt and sorry she had it coming uh shouldn't have been there but that's that's where we're at right now is like brazil knows how to do this better than we do but mccarthy voted for this even after january 6th happened and they reconvened he still voted to decertify the election and let the people in like he's not the centrist option i said this on friday and this is where it's going to get interesting mccarthy sold his soul all of it to get those votes on friday night i hope it was worth it because i think it's about to backfire so he's got he, he caved right he gave all these concessions to them we don't know the full effect right now obviously we don't know uh committee chairs or anything we won't know that for a few days i'm assuming he makes it there there's a very real possibility in my head that he doesn't even make it past today that whole liz truss thing i wouldn't be shocked if by the end of today you're gonna have like liz truss ha 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 i only made it six weeks in charge of my government and then you're gonna have the kevin mccarthy there going hold my beer because i really don't think he's gonna last that long he gave too much so he gave everything to appease 20 assholes and he forgot he's got another 200 okay the other 200 i think on friday were just like fuck this let it be over and they didn't start really thinking about what was going on they were already there the momentum was with it they just wanted it to be done and now after the vote i'm pretty sure now that they've had a whole weekend to think about things they're sitting there like hey wait a minute are you telling me those assholes that held us there for four days are now in charge of this shit are you telling me you gave them everything and yeah, you've got people like Nancy Mace who are talking two sides out of their mouth. Like I said, she'll talk a good game about centrism, but always vote for the extremism. But like, there are 200 people like her. And at some point, they're going to push back. Like, drunken guy who almost got in a fight, like, he did have a legit point. Wait a minute. You're giving him everything he wants for being an asshole? Just imagine you have an unruly toddler in your house and you give the toddler everything they want while the older siblings are sitting there like what the fuck like that's the situation going on right now in congress and i really do think and again you have 212 democrats who would love nothing more than for this chaos to continue and also to make sure that kevin mccarthy and the extremists do not get their way so it's entirely possible this is about to flip so when they go in and they try to vote on all these rule changes that Kevin McCarthy wants, and some of them are pretty fucking extreme, obviously all 212 of the Democrats are going to vote against them. And you only need, only need a handful of Republicans to revolt. And when that happens, if that happens, I don't know. I, I'm. It's very possible I am thinking way too much about this. Because again, in order for all of this to happen, Republicans would have to suddenly show a spine and then also act on it. And that's just not possible in, in the current thing. I mean, we, we've seen them swallow too much and take too much. But it is possible because the first thing that Kevin McCarthy did after winning the speakership was thank a certain individual that we're going to play for you right here. I want to especially thank uh, President Trump. I don't think you should anybody should doubt his influence. He was with me from the beginning. Somebody wrote the doubt of whether he was there, and he was all in. He would call me and he would call others. And uh, he really was, I was just talking to him tonight, um, helping get those final votes. What he's really saying, really, for the party and the country, that we have to come together. We have to focus on the economy. We've got to focus, make our borders secure. We got to do so much work to do, and he was a great influence to make that all happen. So, thank you, President Trump. 
right? So does that sound like somebody who's ready to meet peace? Like he's thanking Donald Trump and he's talking a good game. He's talking about, oh, the economy and the border. There's such huge issues. And I'm sorry, they're not. First off, the economy uh, being brought up every single election cycle has kind of lost its thing. It's kind of like the new oil prices. Oh, but the economy. Oh, but the gas prices. It's like, dude, you guys bitch about this every time. Everybody's always bitching about the economy. Like whenever the historians come back and look and be like, how did the United States have millennials be so in favor of socialism? And I'm like, I don't know, possibly be, be because uh, capitalism keeps failing and the politicians know it sucks so hardcore that they constantly have to run on fixing it. Maybe, maybe that's a thing. I don't know. Ah, crazy, right? Um, so you have to keep in mind, and also I, I note what he omitted there. Like he's not talking about all this. One of the concessions he made is a special thing, this church commission thing, where he's going to investigate the FBI. He's going to, they're going to hold hearings investigating the FBI for investigating Trump. They're going to investigate the January 6th commission for investigating Trump. They're going to investigate Hunter Biden so that it's some way, a roundabout way of embarrassing uh, Joe Biden. That's all it is. And again, none of these hearings are being done to affect legislative change. Okay, if you told me, hey, Kyle, here's our plan. We want to hold these hearings on the FBI because we want to know what went wrong. And then we're going to invite in some experts and we're going to see what goes on there. And then we're going to write some legislation based on what we learned to prevent this from ever happening again. That's great. But as of right now, again, nothing wrong has been happened. There's no reason to have hearings. I mean, telling me that the FBI is investigating right, uh, white supremacists isn't a reason to investigate the FBI. It's just not. I, I, I'm sorry. There's nothing wrong with that. You want them to investigate those people. If you say, hey, we want to investigate uh, the, the FBI for looking into right-wing extremists, and it's like, no, you should not investigate the FBI for that. You should support them for that. That's, that's what you want them to do. And it's the same thing as like, hey, we're going to hold hearings on social media companies. And I'm like, hey, I am all here for you. What do you got in mind? And they're like, well, we want to investigate the social media companies because they keep silencing right wing voices. And I'm like, great. What are the right wing voices saying? And they're like, oh, we'd rather not talk about it because that would be damaging to our brand. And I'm like, that doesn't really sound like a freedom of speech issue. That sounds more like you guys just want to say the N word all the time. And maybe social media companies don't want that on their site. Like, that doesn't sound like something to investigate. I'm all here. I'm here if you said we want to investigate the FBI because sometimes it infiltrates, the you know, groups under dubious means. For example, uh, during 2003, the run up to the Iraq war, it has it is well documented that they used the FBI infiltrated peace groups. Okay, people who were going to march for peace had FBI informants within their ranks. The FBI infiltrated pro-peace groups because they weren't pro-Iraq war. And I'm like, why? Those aren't the people you need to worry about. Peace groups don't generally start shit. Like, it, it makes no sense to me. If you say, Kyle, we want to investigate the FBI because they have a history of slandering civil rights leaders like Martin Luther K. Jr. or Martin Luther King Jr. and such. Okay, great. I'm here for it. I would love for that to happen and and then for there to be some meaningful legislation crafted and and worked on and negotiated that could prevent that from ever happening again or some kind of watchdog group or something to police the police. That sounds like a great idea, but it's not. They're going to investigate the FBI because they are pushing this conspiracy theory that the FBI was secretly the ones behind January 6th, that the FBI and Antifa we're working together to make Trumpers look bad. And it's like, no, no, uh, it's, it's not that way. Not a single person who's been prosecuted so far is Antifa or the FBI. Like they have hundreds of people who are awaiting prosecution. Hundreds of people have been prosecuted and are going to prison for a very long time. And there's no evidence that any single one of them were Antifa or they're under false pretenses. They're all right-wing conspiracy nuts. They all listen to Trump. 
they all listen to Hannity and Tucker Carlson and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Matt Gates and everybody. And they believed all the bullshit that was being slung. And they went there on January 6th saying, fuck yeah, let's overthrow the government. Like they knew exactly what they were there for, who they were listening to and what the purpose of all of it was. Nobody was there under false pretenses or confused by the moment. Like, I just thought we were going to march. I didn't know it was going to turn into a riot. Because again, even if... You thought that. The second you see rioting happen, you also have the freedom to stop. And guess what? There were people who were at the Trump rally on January 6th who did not go to the Capitol because they saw what was about to happen and were like, hmm, I want no part of this shit. And guess what? Those people weren't prosecuted at all. No one even knows who they are. Why? Because they didn't do shit. So you, you can't tell me that, you know, nobody had a gun to their head saying, dude, you're going to break into the Capitol right now or we're going to kill your family. Like, that just didn't happen. That wasn't a thing. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. I don't think Kevin McCarthy is going to last long. I really don't. I think that he has gone too far. He has appeased these people too much. I wouldn't be surprised if drunken asshole uh, went ahead, rounded up all his friends, and were like, uh, we need to stop this shit right here. Kevin gave him too much. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the knives are out for him already and he hasn't even done anything yet. And that's how, that's how bad and weak he is. Now it's entirely possible. This all gets blown up. It is, I believe two things can be possible. I do believe the knives are out. I, I don't care what you say that that is a firm. The knives are out for Kevin McCarthy already. I do not deny that. Uh, and I, I, I don't believe that that's not happening in a closed room somewhere in the house. Republicans are talking about how they can get the fuck rid of him. But I also believe that the base is very strong on the right. And if they try to remove Kevin McCarthy without a good reason, the right is going to explode. And they are very scared of their own voters. None of the Republican Party, not a single member of the Republican Party has the brass tacks and balls right now to stand up and tell their own constituents, you are wrong. Because that's already happened. Those people aren't in the house anymore. Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, and there are more. They either lost or didn't even bother. They're gone. The normal pro-democracy element of the Republican Party is dead. There's not a single Republican in the house right now who is pro-democracy. Either they stay silent on the subject... Or they are 100% behind anti-democracy. That, that, that's just who they are right now. So it is possible that every single one of them, they talk a good game behind closed doors about how much they hate McCarthy and how much they want to get rid of him and they're plotting for him and they're ready to kill him. But it's, it's not going to go anywhere. You know, they'll probably just bitch behind closed doors and that'll be the end of it. I really do. Either is possible. But I really do have a hard time seeing Kevin McCarthy. I mean, you've heard him. The guy's not a good public speaker. He's got no redeeming qualities other than he... I mean, he's like the shittiest negotiator in the world, which is great if you're his opponent, but it really sucks if you just want the country not to cave in on itself. Like, Nancy Mace, again, she, she's, she advocates that maybe we should try passing some centrist bills that actually have a chance going to the Senate, whereas Kevin McCarthy has openly said, we don't give a fuck if Chuck Schumer brings our bills up for, uh, for vote or not. And I think that's a crazy line to take, because I'm like, well, then you're just going to sit there spinning your wheels for two years. Like, what the fuck is the point of being in charge if you're not going to get anything done? But that's the world we live in right now. Anyway, the GOP infighting will be interesting to see, especially today. They're going to vote on rules. They're going to vote on committees. It's going to be a shit show. We're going to see some things. Uh, but first, unfortunately, you've got to listen to these clips from Marjorie Taylor Greene because, whoo, the pivot is real. Yeah. And well, just, just to deal with one bit of history, the Democrats stripped you of your committee assignments after you right. were elected. That was raw politics. Mm -hmm. But in fairness, didn't you also say around that period that you had been a follower of QAnon conspiracy theories and you had rethought this and you were no longer uh, influenced by the group? 
Well, like a lot of people today, I had easily gotten sucked into some things I'd seen on the internet, um, but that was dealt with quickly early on. I never campaigned on those things. That was not something I believed in. That's mm -hmm. not what I ran for Congress on. So those are so far in the past. All right. Um, Right. Kevin McCarthy did object on January 6th, and he's been a top target of the Democrats and the January so 6th committee. So do you believe that Joe Biden is a legitimately elected president? Of course Joe Biden's the president. That's always a silly question. So I don't think much of Marjorie Taylor Greene. Um, she kind of like Trump has a reptilian knowledge or skill set that is advantageous to her. She's, she's great at getting attention for herself, and that seems to be a skill set these days. Uh, we used to all just collectively ignore these people, but thanks to the internet, now we, we kind of focus on them, we shine a light on them, we actually give them a microphone, uh, try to remember Joe the plumber. Um, but something that's interesting here, it kind of throws a curveball here because I didn't expect this, right? Um, I did notice that she fought awfully hard for Kevin McCarthy against people that she used to ally with more, and it seems interesting to me. So Marjorie Taylor Greene is a very strange, uh, well, well, not really that strange. She, she seems to be a product of her generation, which sadly is also kind of mine. Uh, she's a little older, but she's, uh, she was born of well means and she totally followed the track that was laid out for her. Uh, she was given a business that was part of her parents uh, she ran it, uh, as far as I can tell, okay. Uh, then she got bored, and she got really into Jesus for a while there, and that's where her religious roots come in. And not just, like, a little bit, but, like, she went hardcore into Jesus for, like, oh, my God. Like, she was the person on the other end of the phone anytime one of those church phone lines called up. It was always Marjorie, right? And then she did that for about three years, and poof, she just disappeared. She didn't trail off. She didn't lose interest. Just one day she was hardcore churchgoer. Next day she wasn't. And when she wasn't, it turns out she got really into CrossFit. And not just, oh yeah, by the way, I do CrossFit. She was nationally ranked. Apparently CrossFit has a whole like ranking system I knew nothing about, but she was nationally ranked. Like she took it. She was hardcore into it. Like this is who I'm going to be now. And she did that for about three years and then she got bored and one day just poof stopped what does she do now now her big thing is politics um and she was hardcore into politics and surprise it's been about three years she's been on the national stage she's still in politics but now she's shifted she went from QAnon conspiracy and now she's pivoting now it'll be interesting because we don't know is this just another form that she's taken another piece of her evolution where every couple of years she gets bored with what she's been doing and she changes is that what this is where she's she's gotten bored with politics but maybe she's just gotten bored with the type of politics that she's been doing the last few years maybe she's no longer a shock jock and just wants to do regular radio is it possible that that is how she is now and it's just her or is this completely just a, a political power move on her part she's like hey I see what needs to be done. Maybe she's smart enough that she realizes, hey, if I want to reach the upper echelons, I have to dump the conspiracy theories. Like, they're good for votes, but they're not good to, like, achieve anything. You notice, of the 21 people, none of them were really viable as speakers. Only Kevin McCarthy was. And that's because he gives lip service to the, like, extremists, and he promises them things, but does he really deliver? Is he really an extremist? Like, because Kevin McCarthy behind closed doors is very much not an extremist, right? He was ready to ask the president to resign when he only had a week and a half left. That's what he said behind closed doors. Publicly, he's not. So, who is this Marjorie Taylor Lane? She, she, she's clearly pivoting, right? She has pivoted. She used to be hardcore crazy. She says before, she fell into QAnon. Right now, she's blaming it on, oh, that thing all of us do, where we all fall for conspiracy theories and got sucked into the internet. And I'm like, no, that's not what all of us do. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm glad you found your way out. That gives me hope for others. But, like, I also don't know, because politicians by nature lie. So you don't know, is she being legit right now? 
is she really like, oh no, I admit I fell down a rabbit hole and it totally sucked me in to a place I don't like and I have seen the light and I'm done with it. Is that real or is that just what she's saying, right? Like that's that's kind of the problem with politicians and we kind of have to try to, you know, parse what it is, is like, why are they really doing this? Like, you know, are they doing it because they really believe it or are they doing it because they think that's what we want to hear? Um, and, and I have no idea either because I'm not one of the Republican base. I can just guess. I can guess the Republican base wants to hear the crazy because that's what they wanted to hear this whole time. So I don't know how they're going to react to this. And also, hypothetically, if this pivot backfires, right, if the right turns on her and is like, what? You supported McCarthy? Because keep in mind, the extremists wanted Matt Gates to win. They didn't want him to be speaker necessarily, but they wanted Kevin McCarthy shoved aside. So if the extreme element of the Republican Party turns on Marjorie here and says, hey, you supported McCarthy. You said QAnon is bullshit. You're, you're saying Joe Biden's legitimately elected president. What the fuck? Like if they turn on her, because keep in mind, Liz Cheney said all that and she's no longer a congresswoman. She was bounced and she's a legacy. Like she had a name. Her dad used to be vice president of the United States. One of the most powerful vice presidents we have ever had. One of the most influential men in American history in modern times. She is his daughter. And she got blown out in a primary. Blown out. It wasn't even close. Right? So now all of a sudden Marjorie Taylor Greene is saying the same things that Liz Cheney did a year ago. So now we have an interesting thing. Because... She was the number one uh, fundraiser for the Republican Party. Is she still going to be the number one fundraiser? And, I mean, I can only imagine the attack ads, both from the left and the right, video, uh, audio of her QAnon. I mean, she's got a face mask on that says Trump won in 2020. Uh, she, she's clearly switched here and i don't know if it's a political move or if it's genuine because her history suggests genuine i'm almost willing to believe that this is real we'll find out very quickly if it is um but but her history suggests that every couple years she kind of gets bored with what she's doing and she pivots she changes it's entirely possible that's happened again it's been about three years that she's been on the QAnon crazy train Maybe she got bored with it. And this is just her first opportunity to really speak to it. It is entirely possible. I, I'm not I'm not discounting her immediately. Again, she's a politician, so it's a little difficult to know. Did somebody get to her? Did somebody tell her there's another way? Did she just get bored with it? It doesn't we don't know if this was a political guess or what. But what we we will find out very quickly because when the right starts attacking her when the attacks come in because again she's saying the same thing liz cheney did and liz cheney got destroyed so if that same energy comes at her what is she going to do because liz cheney had multiple opportunities given to her the republican party practically pleaded with her to knock it off to just be quiet right that was the that was that was the thing kevin mccarthy didn't care that she was anti-trump and anti-democracy or pro-democracy he cared that she kept bringing it up. He cared that she wouldn't let it the fuck go, right? She had more than one opportunity to just, if she just would have kept her mouth shut, I'm pretty sure she'd still be in Congress today. But she decided to keep pushing it. So is Marjorie Taylor Greene going to pivot back? Is this pivot real? Well, first off, is it real? I'm inclined to think it is. Again, based off her own personal history that suggests she gets bored with shit and shifts, which I can relate to, um, this could be entirely who she is, and this could just be another part of her evolution. Okay, she's a Pokemon moving up in the world, whatever. 
Uh, I welcome a pivot of this kind. Like I said, this gives me hope for other QAnon individuals. But we will find out very quickly. That, that is one thing about politicians, uh, politics and boxing. You find out who the people really are really quickly. Uh, when the knives are out for you, when your back's to the wall, it's for everyone gets to see who you really are. Okay, we're going to see in her voting. We're going to see in her future statements. We're going to see everything. But if she sees the right come after McCarthy and McCarthy goes down, how is she going to react? Okay, if all of a sudden there's rumors of a primary challenge coming to her, how is she going to react? Is she going to stick to her guns or is she going to start going back on things? Right? Is she going to try to tell her voters the way things are or is she going to go back to listening to them and then just repeating what they're saying to her? Which is, you know, what got her here, right? Uh, that that's what works. Um, but so so I'm very very interested in this. This was a this was a very strange thing. I'm I'm interested in you know how is her how is her support going to react to this kind of pivot? How is she going to react to that reaction? Um, you know it, it's it's going to be very interesting to see. And and the whole like the Republican Party right now. The, some people say this is horrible for the country and everything else. I disagree. So. Originally, I thought, okay, this 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 does kind of look bad. You know, if you're in another country looking at the United States, you're like, wow, you know, you, you could have two ways of it. You, you could say, well, yeah, this is what my government goes through every other week if you're in England. Or you could look at it and go, holy shit, the Americans haven't done this in 100 years. It looks like a shit show. Either way, doesn't matter. Now, I am of the opinion that this is good. This is one of those necessary things that has to happen. If we want the United States to return to a functioning democracy where both parties are viable to vote for, because like I said, I would love not to vote for Democrats. I am not a Democrat at heart. I am I would love there to be a choice, but right now I feel like if you have an R next to your name, there is no choice. And unfortunately, that's the way I felt for a very long time because the, the politics of the Republican Party have been so toxic for so long. And what I mean by that is if you're a Republican, you vote Republican. So it doesn't matter if your Joe Schmo congressman says he's a nice guy and he's going to be an honest broker for you. If he votes for the Republicans and the Republicans constantly, you know, keep bringing up these toxic bills, does it matter if he's a good guy or not? Not really. So it really sucks that way because that makes me, the voter, feel like I only have one choice. And unfortunately, it's an easy choice and it shouldn't be. I like democracy to be difficult. I want there to actually be a pros and cons of, of voting for somebody because right now, there isn't one. It's, do you like democracy or do you not? And that is a ridiculous framing for the world to live in right now. That, that's, that's crazy. And you're sitting up here in the United States where everybody could do a coup and then go home and it takes months to arrest and convict them. Whereas you look at countries that we would laugh at, like Brazil, and all of a sudden it's like, hey, they just arrested these fuckers on day one. Like the coup failed immediately. Like there's there's now no threat, right? Like like after January 6th, we were all still kind of walking on a knife's edge going, man, man, is this shit going to happen again? Uh, is this and and the sword of Damocles is still hanging over all of our heads, right? We're we're still sitting here like, you know, if if things don't go the right way, are, are we going to see another storming of the Capitol? Like is this shit real? Are we really going to see this again? Like it's a very real threat because they're yeah, we're prosecuting these people. We're arresting these people. But it wasn't a huge deal. It's all being done like they're being arrested at their homes all across the country. It's not being filmed. It's not really being talked about. You just hear about it in passing. Oh, did you hear that one guy got 19 years? Yeah, that. wow, that's amazing. And that's the end of it. It's not, yeah, they were all arrested on day fucking one. And did you see them all be idiots like applauding the military that was there to arrest them? No, we didn't get that. They tore down the house, rubbed shit on the walls, literally, left. And then we were left to just be like, are you, what's going on? Who's doing what now? This is the world we live in now. Democracy is around, kind of, but does it function? Right now, it doesn't function at all. 
because McCarthy, again, is talking about things that just aren't going to happen. First off, the economy is not going to get fixed under the current system. Capitalism can't fix itself. Right now, the economy is doing great for the capitalists, okay? There's no way to fix it unless you fix them, and you're not going to get that way if you've got people who enjoy it, okay? Every single congressperson is allowed to trade on insider information. They are all wealthy motherfuckers, every single one of them. If they're brand new and were poor, they're not poor now, unless they openly say, I don't have any money in Wall Street, period. Not even in a blind trust. Like, seriously, it's it's crazy. They are all capitalists trying to fix a system that is inherently broken, Right? So the economy is not going to be fixed, not by anybody who's currently in there. There's nothing you can do. And if you're talking about inflation, I have two things for you. One, corporate profits are at a record high again. And two, the inflation is global. It's not just us. This isn't the 80s where all of us just collectively looked at Japan and went, wow, when are they going to get their heads out of their ass and fix that? Like... It's not that. The whole world has an inflation issue. Now, I believe it's manufactured, okay? I believe things like Amazon have gotten so huge and so massive that we need to decentralize all of it. I think that's the answer, you know? The, the, the whole gigantic mechanism is too huge to work properly anymore. It needs to be broken up. We need our monopoly laws to kick in we need we need companies to be broken up i'm sorry amazon needs to be shattered so do a few others okay facebook twitter like the social media in general needs to be just completely and totally wrecked all of it needs to be broken up so that there can actually be competition because there's not right now all we know is everything's being broken and it's being broken for us not for the rich. They're doing great. They're doing fantastic. Okay? There are zero rich people bitching about how they don't make enough money right now. Unless you're Elon Musk. And that's only because he's self-destructing and destroying his own stock prices. Like, that's all his fault. But the rest of us, we're kind of shit out of luck right here. Um, so, there's nothing he can fix there. As as In regards to the border, it's there's no good faith arguments. We tried good faith arguments in the past. Remember the Gang of Eight? Maybe you don't. There was a Gang of Eight. Gang of 13? Crap. Doesn't matter. Marco Rubio was a part of it during Obama. Obama and a few Republicans uh, like uh, McCain and, and Rubio and a few others, they came together and they said, hey, we have a comprehensive plan. It would have fixed a lot. It would have been like border security plus here's what we can do about the dreamers and here's the path to citizenship for others and we're going to fix all of it. Like there have been good faith efforts in the past. And they were all of them squashed, every single one of them. When when John Boehner was speaker, he didn't even bring the Senate plans up to a vote he, because he knew. It's like that's not what the base wants. The base doesn't want a comprehensive plan, so he's not going to provide one. Kevin McCarthy knows if I do anything, like, like here's the deal. Republicans are going to say, we want a border wall and we want more money given to Border Patrol. And maybe somebody will slide a little thing in there that uh, they want to allow the Border Patrol to use more lethal force on the border because I know that pisses off some people. That's going to be their side. And normally I'd be like, okay, well, that's your starting point. Now let's negotiate, right? And the Democrats obviously would probably be like, well, we think uh, the, uh, the asylum courts need to be fully funded. Uh, we need to get more lawyers down on the border. We need to streamline the process for legal immigration because obviously we have an illegal immigration problem because the legal side of it is broken, right? If there was a, a perfectly fine legal method, most people would take it, right? Uh, it's, it's the way the right frames is like every single person who crosses into this country is a criminal seeking to do criminal things. And it's like, no, they're breaking in because the legal option is not available to them, right? Like, I get it. Like, for me, it's just a simple matter of humanity. Um, so they're not going to come in in good faith, though. Like, they're not going to work with the Democrats. They're going to push a, a bill that doesn't fix anything. And then they're going to get mad when the Senate is like, dude, we're not even going to bring that up for a fucking vote. Are you crazy? Like, seriously? And maybe the Democrats will, like, have an alternative where they'll pass a bill that says, you know, everything I said before, we're going to streamline the, 
you know, immigration process, la la la. Uh, but the Republicans in the Senate aren't going to work with them either. Cause you got people like Tuberville and, uh, and, and Mitch McConnell who are like, well, no, we have to appease our base and all our base wants is this. And all your base wants is that, but the ultimate crime especially for Republicans now, not so much Democrats. We, we got some wiggle room as long as we get something. But Republicans, the number one crime is to work with Democrats because, again, they have villainized Democrats. Democrats are Satan-worshipping, blood-drinking baby killers. You can't work with those. I mean, in a rational world, if you really believe that, then working with them is akin to working with Satan. So you can't. So none of this is going to happen in good faith. None of it is going to push anything forward. There's no such thing as bipartisanship. Now, I would love to be wrong, okay? Uh, Biden got some things done before with the infrastructure bill, but quite frankly, if you can't pass a bill that gives money away for free, I don't know if you're any good at politics at all. So it'll be interesting if he can pass a bill, say immigration reform, that is strictly policy, and the money's not going to be able to be skimmed off the top and and grease any palms for anybody if the money's just going in to fix a policy issue can he get it passed that's the big litmus test right now for whether or not biden is a is a good you know person who can manipulate the legislature because i don't see that right now maybe he used to uh young biden sure and not because of his youth but because when he was young, the, the Senate and the, and the House were in completely different places and Republicans and Democrats could find common ground. I just don't see that right now. I, I don't. Uh, Kevin McCarthy has screwed himself. He, he can't work it at all. They can all try to pivot. McCarthy's trying to pivot to show, oh, no, look, I am one of the crazies. Look, I, I thanked Trump. And Marjorie Taylor Greene is pivoting to like, oh, no, I'm not crazy anymore. We're, I'm totally normal, please. So... There's a lot of infighting. It's crazy. I think it is healthy. It's necessary. The Republican Party has to break before it can be fixed. I hate the fact that it's probably going to make lives worse for a lot of people. I I, I wished and hoped that the two years of them out of power, they would have gotten all of this out of their system. But maybe... They need to be in power and show how ineffectual and chaotic they are before it repairs itself. And maybe we need to wait for COVID to take out some of their other anti-vaxxers. You know, we need to wait for an older generation or two to die off. Because right now, the younger generations are wholeheartedly rejecting what they're selling. And if they don't pivot, they're putting themselves up on the chopping block. They've been doing this for years with race, right? Like for years, they've been the party of whiteness and it worked for them because the whites were in the majority, but that's not happening much anymore. That is a real threat. That's where this whole like they want to replace you bullshit is coming from because they see the demographics like, dude, white people are about to be a minority and they're deathly afraid of that. But rather than like, hey, acknowledge the situation, be like, maybe we shouldn't be the party of whiteness anymore they're going whole hog into it and it's going to backfire. They're, they're putting themselves up the, on the chopping block with that. They're also doing it with age because again, all their supporters are old. So this, this pivot is necessary. This deconstruction is necessary. This complete chaos may be necessary, even though it sucks and it's going to hurt people. Um, but it is one of those things I think needs to happen. You, you got to hit a low before you can come up, right? Go ask any addict and, we're not there yet as a country. We haven't hit rock bottom yet. Not for us. Our rock bottom may not be as low as some other countries, but we haven't hit ours yet. And it, it's it's going to get worse before it gets better, I think. Uh, we'll see. But really, I think it's going to come down to how many times do you think the Republican Party is uh, is going to try and impeach Joe Biden? Because I think that's coming. And it's not going to be anything worthwhile. Um, but yeah, fun times, right? Anyway, thank you very much for listening. I hope you guys had a great time. Uh, thank, thanks again. Like, subscribe, share. Remember, this is a one-man deal, one-man show. I do it all. Uh, I don't have any commercials. I'm not asking for any money or anything. My only ask is, uh, you know, 
like, subscribe, share, let everyone know you listen to it. That'd be great. Get the audience out there. Uh, I've tried expanding onto some other platforms as well. Um, so hopefully I'll be showing up in more locations and everything else and we can really get this ball rolling. Uh, but in the meantime, you guys stay safe, have fun. If your team's in the playoffs, enjoy it. If not, I'm sorry, maybe at least you get a good draft pick. Uh, but times are a changing. Have a good day. We'll see you next time. Are you not entertained? Thanks again for listening. If you want to support the show, please like, subscribe, and share wherever you get your podcasts.